Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good morning, Diaria! It's time to wake up. It's five, and we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show, your early morning shot of sports on 95.7 The Game. Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Stephen Langford in with you. Hope you're having a great Monday morning. Hope you had a great weekend. And I'm going to assume that if you're a 49er fan, that you are feeling pretty good this morning. Garoppolo flips it to the near side. Close to the goal line. He's going to be marked out at the one. I don't see anything hitting out of bounds before that ball crosses the goal line from the sideline view. And from my other view, I think the football is inside the pylon. I think there's a good chance this is this is looked at and they make this a touchdown. Well, the 49ers are celebrating. Yeah. I, I mean, I would have to say nothing. There was a question whether that, that toe mm-hmm. right there was out of bounds, but it isn't. He's able to keep it in. And I, I'm with Gene. I think... I think he's able to get that ball over the plane inside. It can go over the pylon, right, Gene? It doesn't have to go inside, does it? After review, it is a touchdown. The game is over. 26-23 to 23 was your final from that Brandon Ayuk touchdown. And those are the guys I want to talk about today. I mean, who gets your game ball here? Who gets your game ball for this one? At triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero, that's going to be the only that, that's going to be the only question I have for you today. Who gets your game ball? Well, among others, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for an hour here. But Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Jimmy Garoppolo looked really good. He had a lot of good moments in that one. Who take your pick? Nick Bosa getting it done on defense and stopping any momentum that the Bengals had. Who gets your game ball for this week? Because, man, there were a lot of good performances in this one. A lot of good performances. First off, I do want to talk about uh, Brandon Ayuk because they did make a what seemed to be a concerted effort to get him more involved into the game. And overall, he had six receptions for his 62 yards on 11 targets, which really, you know, when you look at the amount of targets, it's not very good, but... Brandon Ayuk, though, 
they've continued to get him way more involved. And even from the opening play of the game, that's it was the first ball to Ayuk. And then that final touchdown all the way there, it's kind of like a Brandon Ayuk play-calling sandwich there. You start off with Brandon Ayuk to start the game, and then you close it out in overtime uh, with that one. But that final touchdown and his ability to get to the outside and then to have the wherewithal to stick the ball right out there to get it across the plane and somehow is floating floating now there there was that play earlier where you know they were out of bounds because it was just a he had one just one foot in and it was a, it was the catch in the end zone he had one play earlier before that but then in this one he managed to keep one foot in and one foot is really all you need it's really all you need and and I, and I was watching that play I'm like damn how did he even complete that but it was also a very good play call by Kyle Shanahan but I like I do like how they're continuing to get Ayuk way more involved in the offense. He even tried that, you know, that little gimmicky play in the first half where uh, Kyle Shanahan tried getting Brandon Ayuk to turn into a quarterback. (laughs) He looked like he was about to drop back to pass. It wasn't a flea flicker, but it's one of those trick plays that he tried with uh, Jawan Jennings, I think, was it, the week before? Or whoever it was. I can't remember which wide receiver it was. But uh, he had George Kittle open, and then the flag was called uh, because of the defensive pass interference, and it would have been a touchdown had that not happened. But he called that for Ayuk early on in the game. the hell? Like, why is Kyle Shanahan so hell-bent on trying to get a wide receiver to throw a touchdown pass? But anyway, I'm not going to rant about that. But, uh, it, you know, Brandon Ayuk was very well involved. Debo Samuel, yet again, just one reception for 22 yards, but obviously got it down, got it done in the run game. And they had that call, the 27-yard touchdown run, right out of the gate, where it's just think you're just thinking, okay, well, let's hope that uh, Kyle Shanahan doesn't run him into the ground and reaggravate that hamstring. But he made his presence felt when he scored that touchdown in the first quarter uh, to make it 10 to three. And I got to give credit here where credit is due, but if you go back on that Debo touchdown, the first one that he scored, I got to give a lot of credit to Tom Compton for bouncing to the outside and and running along the sideline, just being a presence there, just huffing and puffing down the right sideline in front of Debo Samuel, trying to create a lane for him, but also a big credit to George Kittle on that play too, because George Kittle was blocking Uh, Trey Hendrickson, who eventually uh, would leave the game, but he was blocking Trey Hendrickson, and he opened up a lane there where they just couldn't set the edge, and Debo Samuel was able to run right around every one of those defenders and get in for the touchdown, but he made his presence felt again yesterday, and I'm telling you, the amount of attention that he draws from the defense whenever he's motioning behind that line of scrimmage, you can't go without that if you're going to be going into the playoffs. You need that element there for your team. I think he was a huge help in this one. Um, but that brings us to George Kittle. Mentioned him blocking in that first Debo touchdown run, but man, George Kittle was awesome in that game. Um, he he was just... I, there, are, there are catches that he makes where you just kind of forget... 
every now and then. Whenever he becomes that blocking tight end and, you know, they're they're running the football 40 times and everyone always says, you know, we, we never talk about Kittle as a blocker, even though we always talk about him as a blocker, we understand he's one of the top three tight ends in the league, specifically because of how complete of a tight end he is. But man, these past two weeks for George Kittle have been awesome. First tight end to go back-to-back 150-yard games. He had 13 receptions for 151 yards and the touchdown. And uh, let me get these let me get these numbers for last week too because last week's numbers were just insane also. And he also had the nine receptions for 181 yards and two touchdowns in last week's contest. That's good for a total of where we at 300 in 32 yards in two games in three touchdowns? That's nuts. That's nuts. But man, Kittle, he made catches when he needed to in clutch situations. In that third down catch, not the one that he made in overtime, but the one that he made toward the end of the game. That third down catch where he had to fully extend his body so that he can get up in a way where he's shaped like a backward C. He had to pull all, put his hands all the way back. He had to get well up into the air, put his feet back so that he could get the leverage to even catch the ball, and somehow came down with it a third down from his fingertips. That was unbelievable. And then that other third down catch that he had later on in, the, in, in overtime, I mean, you, you can't go throughout this game without mentioning George Kittle and the impact that he had. So again, 888-957-9570. Who gets your game ball here for this game? Is it is it Kittle? Is it Jimmy? Is it Debo? Is it Ayuk? Is it Nick Bosa? Who do you got at 888-957-9570? And there was one other play that I want to mention. This was this blew my mind. But the there there could have been another reception there uh, for George Kittle. There could have been another one in this game. He could have had 14, but instead they called it back due to uh, uh, they called it back because it was an incompletion. Or excuse me, it wouldn't have been a completion, but it would have been a PI called for him, even though it, he would have caught that ball if the defender wasn't all over him. Um, but in my opinion, it was defensive pass interference, and this play happened toward the end of the first half. And this is the crazy part. There was about eight minutes and four seconds left in the second quarter. And the 49ers were in Bengals territory. They were at the 27-yard line. And Jimmy Garoppolo throws a, uh, a pass deep right to George Kittle, which was an absolute dime. It hit him right in the chest. He, he threw it only in a place where George Kittle could have caught it. And the defender was draped all over him, and he had one arm locked. And, it, and in my opinion, it was a play where you're just thinking, how can how can they not call defensive pass interference there when the defender it literally has one arm wrapped around him, like he's like he's you know like they're in the Wizard of Oz or something, and they're skipping down the yellow brick road. He has both of his, he has his whole arm attached to George Kittle, and they didn't call the defensive pass interference. And at that point in the game, it was ten to three, and the 49ers, of course, would um, would, would go on there and and they'd uh, and they'd kick the uh, they'd kick a they'd go for a punt. Excuse me, good lord, took a little while to get out there, uh, but they'd get the punt there. And I was at that 
point where in the Bucks and Bills game, I was kind of like glancing over back and forth. And the exact same thing happened with the Bucks and the Bills where they were in third down territory, eight minutes and four seconds left to go in the half, and they had 28 yards to go to get to the end zone. And they called a pass interference on Gronk there in that Bucks bills game at the exact same time. And in the exact same situation, Kyle Shanahan and I guess it would be Byron Leftwich. Byron Leftwich called the exact same play at the exact same time and as opposed to the 49ers where they didn't get any points out of it and the score still remained 10-3, to um, the Bucks went on to score a touchdown to make their game 7-3. to And I'm thinking to myself, man, that's how much a pass interference can change a game. That's how much a tight end like that can change a game. But it also goes to show the difference in which they call these games. It feels like um, guys like Nick Bosa and George Kittle, they don't get as many calls as they should, especially um, with Bosa in the holding situation because there are so many calls where he could have been called for holding. But with George Kittle, they just don't call it that much because of how physical of a receiver that he is when he gets in the uh, when he gets uh, when he gets past you know ten yards and gets to that second level. I mean, it just goes to show the difference there, but it happened at the exact same time with George Kittle and Rob Gronkowski in the exact same play. But that was an unreal performance by him. They absolutely needed him in this game. And then we'll talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, and that's what's coming up next. 888-957-9570. I thought Jimmy Garoppolo was awesome in this game yesterday. Plus, we'll take a look around the rest of the NFL and what went on, and we'll continue to sprinkle in 49ers and Bengals throughout the show. All right, 888-957-9570. That's the text line and the phone number. Who gets your game ball on 95.7 of the game? Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. I will say this for the 49ers games these past two, week, two weeks, among many other things that I'm going to be talking about throughout the 6 o'clock hour. Good morning, everybody. Excuse me, throughout the 5 o'clock hour leading up to 6 o'clock. But my goodness, do fumbles by the opposition make games that much more interesting? (laughs) Last week, it was Gerald Everett, who was constantly fumbling, had the tipped interception in the end zone that led to uh, the pick by, who was it, Kaywon Williams, if I'm not mistaken. But, man, the returner for Cincinnati in yesterday's game... Did not have a good day. Darius Phillips on kick return. The dude just couldn't catch anything. It's like Brucey in the longest yard. It slipped. I just ate popcorn. <laughs> like, what happened there? There was so much of that going on. Oh, wow. 888-957-9570, of course, is the phone number if you want to weigh in. Who gets your game ball? That's my number one question right now. Who gets your game ball at 888-957-9570? And we are getting a lot of votes so far uh, for George Kittle. Um, 408, Kittle and Bosa deserve that game ball. From the 209, Kittle. 
from the 707. It's about time they start throwing to Kittle. Two weeks in a row, well over 100 yards. Give him the damn ball. Uh, from the 559. As much as I hate Jimmy, he gets the game ball for actually trying to throw downfield. Talk about a talk about a backhanded compliment. Hey man, I hate you, but at least you threw it downfield. <laughs> and also for the 707, Jimmy was good, but there were a couple of balls that should have been easy interceptions. He had a little luck going for him, but we will take it. Yeah, but you can also look at the other side of that, right? For the Bengals, for example, if Ombre Thomas weren't forced to be the starting cornerback, then, you know, there would have been a sack that wouldn't have been negated from Nick Bosa. The interception from Jimmy Ward wouldn't have been negated had... Ombre Thomas not gotten illegal hands to the face on a on Jamar Chase, you know. So you can really go you can really go both ways with that in this game, in my opinion. Some games I can look at it and think, oh, there should have been easy interceptions. I mean, there was a there that that ball that Garoppolo threw to uh, to Jesse Bates. Really, it was uh, I think he was targeting targeting George Kittle there, and Jesse Bates swooped in. That would have been a pick six in overtime if he would have caught that ball. If he would have caught that ball. That was a really close one. But Jimmy Garoppolo overall in this game, 27 of 41, 296 yards, had two touchdowns. And one of those being the one to Brandon Ayuk, of course, where Brandon Ayuk just made that insane play. I, I still don't know how he really did that, but you know these football players are just unreal. Uh, but Garoppolo, I thought, was making a lot of good throws yesterday. You know, you did have a couple of those Jimmy O'No throws, as they put it. You had one in the first half that was tipped and, again, could have been an interception but didn't work out. And the one in overtime that I just mentioned uh, that could have been ran for a, that could have gone for a pick six. Or was that actually at the end of the end of the fourth quarter, toward the end of the fourth, fourth quarter, when the Bengals were starting to make a run um, that ended up leading to the uh, missed field goal by Robbie Gold? It might have been on that drive, but, man... There were a couple of them, but overall, I thought he was dropping dimes. I thought that he looked relatively confident throwing the football, and he just he didn't make that many mistakes overall. Again, you know, some of those passes could have inter- could have been intercepted, sure, but as long as you limit the turnovers. And you don't, and 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 you, you know, there was a cl- there were a couple of close ones there. I mean, there was the there was the botch snap where he what he was in shotgun and he tried to put the ball back, cock the ball back, and I don't know, he just slipped out of his hands. I, I don't know what happened on that one play where he had to uh, where he had to recover it himself, but. Um, I mean, that could have gone to the detriment of the team. But when he needed to make plays and step up, I thought Garoppolo did just that. I mean, Joe Burrow was having an unreal game. An unreal game. 25 of 34, 348 yards, also with two touchdowns of his own. And with the 49ers, if the offensive line didn't crumble toward the end of that fourth quarter and actually uh, protected Jimmy Garoppolo, it just it felt like the Bengals were just constantly getting into the backfield there uh, toward the end of the game when the Niners were up 20 to 13 after the uh, Bengals scored that unreal touchdown um to uh, uh, to Jamar Chase. I mean, that dude is just ridiculous. But in order to keep up with that, in order to try and negate whatever Joe Burrow's doing, 
your quarterback has to make the throws, and Garoppolo did all of that yesterday. Now, he did have some help um, with George Kittle and uh, and Brandon Ayuk making some unreal plays, but I got to give my hand to I, I got to give a hand to Jimmy Garoppolo here. I I got to I got to give him I I do have to give him some props for how he played in that game. Now, he wasn't perfect. Certainly wasn't perfect in this one, but he did what he had to do and he got the job done in the end and the and the 49ers came out on top 26 to uh 26 to 23. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. We do have a caller on the line. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, it's John I'm calling from San Francisco. What's going on? Hey, yeah, I just wanted to say, um, I think Jimmy deserves the game ball. Just on one play at the end of the game, uh, I believe on the fourth quarter at the end, he took a nasty hit and he saw yeah. coming and he still threw a time, you know? And then uh, he got right back up, he limped a little bit and he drove us right down and gave us a chance to win the game. And so, you know, I got to give him a hand, you know, like, he, did, he played great at the end. You know, he, I think that's his, what, ninth game-winning drive. He's a, he's a clutch dude. Got to give him a hand on that one. All right, I appreciate you giving me the phone call. 888 What's your take on it? For the 415, all of Garbaggio's passes were hella high. From the 574, can I give the game ball to the only person who showed up to play for the Bengals yesterday? Joe Burrow. Dude... I was so frustrated at the way that Zach Taylor was calling that game. Zach Taylor, I don't know what it what his infatuation is with Pirine, but he kept on running it with Pirine on third down. And it's like, what are you doing? And even at the start of the game, he kicked a field goal to make it 3-3, three to three, even though it was fourth and one on San Francisco's 19, you're well into that their territory. If your if your kicker is kicking a 37 yard field goal when there's only one yard to go, you're not doing it right. We've come to that point now, I think, where we understand that if you don't go for it on fourth and short and you're deep in opponent's territory, you kick the field goal, you're making a mistake. That kind of play comes back to bite them when they lose by three in overtime. Also, went to kick the field goal toward the end of the second half to make it 10-6. to six. Even though it was fourth and two, you're on San Francisco's 10 you have Jamar Chase and T. Higgins who are able to open it up in the second half. I mean, it's pretty crazy when you're looking back at their at their stats, but um, by the time that Jamar Chase really got rolling, I mean, he was only on his fourth interception, uh, fourth reception, excuse me, good Lord, his fourth reception toward the end of the game. It's like, what is happening? He only had five receptions for the 77 yards from eight targets. And he had the two touchdowns and the one that was, of course, uh, negated toward the end of the first half as well. But, man, it's like, get the ball to Chase and Higgins. What are you doing? <laughs> like, I don't get what Zach, Ta- what Zach Taylor was doing there and the infatuation again with Piran. I just, why are you giving it to Piran on third down? He had four carries for 11 yards, and any time that it was third and short, or even there was even a third and four play where they ran it with Piran. I'm like, what are you doing? It went for nothing. It went for nothing. From the 415, I bet I'm the only Niner fan that's unhappy with the win. Do you really have the luxury right now as a 49er fan to be unhappy with any win? Because if you lose that game, 
you move on to being what six and seven, right? You had the Vikings lose. You had Washington lose. You're at the point now. I think if you're a 49er fan, it doesn't matter how you get the win. If you get them and you manage to stay alive within the NFC, then that's totally fine. Totally fine, because right now, you're in the sixth seed. Again, those top five teams have kind of separated themselves, and we'll see what happens with the uh, with the Rams and Cardinals tonight. Should be a fun Monday night matchup. We'll see if there's any shakeups there. But there's even a possibility that the Rams move on to 8-5, and five, and you somehow are able to catch them still within the NFC West. Mathematically, you're still able to do it. So you better take whatever win you could get, especially with that one. From the 5-7-4, that was the Bengals' fourth loss by a field goal or less. Those losses were all due to Zach Taylor's play calling. From the 4-0-8, Mixon was questionable coming in. That probably had to do with the lame play usage by Coach Taylor. Agreed. Agreed. I, I, I understand where everyone's coming from there, but even if your guys hurt, I mean, hell, Debo Samuel was questionable throughout the throughout the week. Didn't even practice, and we didn't even know what was going on. And we got the news that Elijah Mitchell was going to be out. But even though Debo Samuel had been hurt with a, a hamstring injury, they still brought him in, and when they had the opportunity, used him as a running back. They don't even use him as a wide receiver anymore. They really don't. It's 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 a really man Kyle Shanahan. Very interesting. Fascinating what you do with Kyle Shanahan. But here's what, uh, speaking of Kyle Shanahan, here's what he had to say about Garoppolo just not turning the ball over. Uh, Jimmy, I mean, he just, he made some plays there at the end. Um, I thought they were huge, you know, especially with their pass rush going. You know, I think, you know, I think we're a hard team to beat when we don't turn the ball over at all. Um, And we found a way to not turn it over today, which usually I try to sell to our team. If we don't turn it over, we pretty much guaranteed to win, almost, if you look at the stats with that. But that was starting to look bleak for a little bit. But the way he came out on those, those last two drives... Um, was aggressive, made some big-time throws, and um, one of the main reasons we were able to win today. He really did. He really did. Make it, it. You know, when you're watching Joe Burrow, you're you're obviously seeing a different quarterback, right? You're seeing a different skill set. You're just seeing a more talented quarterback on the other side. You are seeing a guy who can clearly throw the deep ball. I mean, that one that Garoppolo had to Travis Benjamin where the cornerback, Awuzie, made a super good, nice play on the ball with closing speed. And uh, even though Benjamin had him beat, he managed to close out on him and somehow swat the ball away. That Garoppolo deep ball to Benjamin. But had Garoppolo had a bigger arm, he would have been able to throw that one in stride. I'm of the belief that if he had a bigger arm and could have thrown that one a little further, then Benjamin wouldn't have had to slow down on his route, try to backtrack, try to turn around and catch the ball, and instead it was just swatted away. I do think that with a bigger arm quarterback that they would have made that play. Don't get me wrong, there were some pretty bad throws in this one, but at the same time, There were a lot of clutch throws in the late moments of the game, and that's why the 49ers were able to come out on top. I mean, every single pass that he was making, now granted, Kittle was making some nice catches, but man, Garoppolo was getting into him, and he, and and I'm glad the caller brought it up earlier, I mean, there was that one hit that he took, it wasn't a sack, but it was a hit that he took on a throw and was still able to complete it where he came up grimacing. Never, Never questioned Garoppolo's toughness. I don't think any of us have questioned Garoppolo's toughness. We just always question why he has to throw those boneheaded interceptions and also why he wouldn't throw the ball past 10 yards. But I thought yesterday he looked good. I thought he looked good. All right. 
Let's get to everything else around the NFL and continue to talk about 49ers Bengals at 888-957-9570. I want to rehash this one play uh, that really was just an incompletion with George Kittle yesterday. And I just want to revisit that because I clunked my way through it and I want to get to it again. This was just insane football happening at the same time yesterday. We'll get to that next. Steven Lakeford did on the pregame show, 95.7 of the game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Good morning, everybody. Hope you had a fun weekend. Hope you had a relaxing weekend. Whatever type of weekend you wanted to have, I hope it turned into that. That's what I'm saying. I think that's a good thing to wish on someone. What am I rambling about? I don't know. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number. I sound like I had a long weekend. And I did, man. I mean, that everything go. I told you, it was a big sports weekend. So, naturally, my ass was on the couch for a lot of it. You had those UFC fights on Saturday night where Juliana Pena had probably the biggest upset in UFC history by defeating Amanda Nunes, who was the... the to the two division title holder in the uh, in the bantamweight as well as the featherweight, and I mean she knocked her, she she got her down, she knocked her down, and then eventually got her into a submission, and then Charles Oliveira would hold on to his title by beating Dustin Poirier, also via submission, even though Poirier was going at him in the first round. So I was already tired from that. And then on Sunday morning, had to wake up early because I knew that the Formula One spoilers were going to be around. And if you hadn't seen it yet, Max Verstappen ended up winning the world championship and he did so on the final lap. I could go on for the next 10 minutes, 10 minutes explaining why that final lap happened. 
and why it came down to that final lap. But all you need to know is that Lewis Hamilton was leading for 57 out of the 58 laps going for his eighth world championship to break the all-time record. And then Max Verstappen wins it on the last lap. And then we had the morning slate of games. And if you're a Raider fan and you want to get some Raiders talk, go to the Black Hole Sundays podcast where myself and Joe Spadoni uh, talk weekly about the Las Vegas Raiders. And after that unbelievably embarrassing loss, what more is there to talk about other than the future of the team? But the morning slate of games was just Brutal. Then you had the afternoon slate where you had the Chargers and the Giants going, and the Chargers ended up winning 27 to 21. Justin Herbert continues to just make these unreal throws. Actually, let me pull it up here now, now that I'm here. But Justin Herbert, a 59 yard touchdown to Jalen Guyton, and it of course went to the end zone. His pass traveled 63.8 yards in the air. That's the second longest completion in the NFL this season, and that was his 10th career completion that traveled 55 or more yards in the air. That's the most in the NFL since 2020. It was an unreal throw. If you didn't see it, go back and watch the throw to Jalen Guyton. Just like, damn. These big-arm quarterbacks are unreal. But I do want to talk about this correlation here. Because this is something that's crazy. And this didn't have a lot to do with how the game worked out. But I went, I checked the box scores side-by-side. Side. But the Bucks and the Bills were playing at the exact same time. And... You know, I had the Bucks and Bills on the small laptop screen. I had the Niners and Bengals on the big screen. And so, you know, you're glancing over back and forth, back and forth like a crazy person. can make you dizzy at times. Uh, but with eight minutes and four seconds left in the Buccaneers game, they were at the 29-yard line in opponent territory, in Bills territory. It's 10-3. to 3. Tom Brady throws it to the right down the right side to Rob Gronkowski, hoping to draw a penalty. The defender was draped all over him. Rob Gronkowski goes up to gets the ball gets the ball, but he can't because the defender is just not letting him. They call it a pass interference. Then the Buccaneers would go on to score a touchdown to make the game seven seventeen to three. Again, eight minutes and four seconds left in the second quarter at that game at that time. And then I'm watching the Niner game. And George Kittle, the same exact play happens with him where Jimmy Garoppolo drops back to pass, Crop, uh, uh, Kittle's running down the right side, and they didn't call a pass interference on really what was the same play and the same type of coverage as what I just saw in the Buccaneers and the Bills game. Really the same type of play. They just didn't call it on George Kittle. Goes as an incompletion. Then the uh, then the 49ers would go on to uh, to try and just punt that one instead as opposed to going for it but it was a 10 to 3 game at that point 10 to 3 now with 8 minutes and 4 seconds left I was I was like what is going on here because the exact same thing happened with the Bucks and the Bills and there was 8 minutes and 4 seconds left in the 49ers game same play same situation and had that been called a PI, it would have changed the outcome of the game entirely. Would have changed it and would have changed it entirely. And you're seeing on the other side the score go up to seventeen to three 
whereas the 49ers just have to punt the ball away because they're not within field goal range. Like, I was astounded that it happened at the exact same time in the game and they went with the exact same type of play where it's just really uh, just an out route to your tight end. Man, I, I was just shocked. That's just what happens with football, right? This was It was kind of a beautiful thing. Really, the exact same type of situations. All right, 888-957-9570. What's your text li- the text line and the phone number? Who gets your game ball this morning? I'm stumbling all over my words because I had a long weekend, and I was very excited coming off of this sports weekend, man. Very tired, too. Very tired. From the 415, other than one of Jimmy G's oh-no throws, that Bengals didn't convert. Jimmy G was good. Uh, from the 510. This is from Oreo Cookie. Love the win, but let's be honest. If the Bengals hold on to that interception, we would be screaming for Jimmy's head. That's the craziest part about this whole thing. Right? Because Garoppolo did play well. He did play well, but if that ball would have landed in Jesse Bates' hands and he would have caught that, there's no doubt that it would have been a pick six. No doubt. Because you didn't have anybody along uh, along that left side of the field, or the right side of the field, I should say. Didn't have anybody there. He had all daylight to run it back and possibly walk the game off with that pick six. But in the end, he dropped it, and Jimmy Garoppolo was able to come back from that. That's what makes a good quarterback right there. Again, Joe Burrow was fantastic in yesterday's game. And if you're in a game like that where the opposing quarterback is going off, especially in the second half, because in that first half it felt like the Bengals were starting to give that game away a little bit, um, whether it was Zach Taylor and his play calling, his decisions to go for uh, to go for the field goal as opposed to going for it on fourth down to only give them six points that could have translated into a possible tie game. They could have had it at 10-10 if they just would have gone for it on fourth down, I'm telling you. But they also had the fumbles, and they couldn't return a punt. They kept giving the 49ers easy field position uh, in that first half. They were just trying to give that game away, and the 49ers really couldn't do much with it. I do got to give the Bengals some credit, too. Um, Not only Joe Burrow, who was having an awesome game, but their defense. I thought their defense was doing very well against the run. Their secondary, you know, they do give up the the big plays, and you got to give the 49ers the good offense beats good defense. Better offense beats good defense. Even though the Bengals were playing well, it's not like they had a lot of wide-open players, even though um, there were some times where there's just guys running open in the middle of the field, and, you know, they'd be playing zone, and defenders would get confused whenever, you know, George Kittle or Debo Samuel were running an in-breaking route, and they sagged off of their man just because they're playing zone and expect everyone else to cover these guys. The one catch that Debo Samuel had is the prime example. I mean, go look at that, and the defender is is, is following him, he's covering him, shading him, and then he just goes off him. Goes off him, turns his head because he feels like there's someone else within his zone. But uh, there were certain plays like that. But I did think the defensive line did their job in this one, getting to Jimmy Garoppolo toward the end of the fourth quarter. Um, But it was also with what happened toward the beginning of that second half where, you know, the, the, the pass blocking was great. Jimmy Garoppolo had a lot of time. He was staying patient, I thought. 
and it didn't necessarily translate into points, but, you know, I, I do got to give the Bengals defensive line credit, though, for how they played in that game. Um, but it's mostly Jer- Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. And when they're having that good of a game, when those two guys are bumping heads, whatever they're connecting, that's when you got to connect with your number one guy. And Jimmy Garoppolo did that uh, to George Kittle yesterday. From the from the 209, Bengals didn't attack the secondary enough for penalties. Uh <laughs> Man, you take away those Ombre Thomas penalties, which were huge. The hands to the face could have had a sack, could have had an interception. There was so much going on on both sides of the ball. From the 415, the other play that changed the game was the borderline taunting call before the half. That was that was a taunting call, and I hate that call. I do. Um, you know, I mean, but what are you doing? At the same time, what are you doing? There's no reason to even. There's no reason to celebrate. You know, possibly picking up a fumble because defenders do that all the time, right? Where they think a completion or an incompletion is a fumble, so they pick up the ball, start running with it on the other side, and the the safety was it. It wasn't Jesse Bates. It was a. Uh, it was the other guy on the other side whose name is escaping me right now. But he points, points right in the face of Kittle and it's like what are you doing man that's going to get called every time now I don't necessarily like that rule I don't like the taunting rule at all I wish that they could have a little more fun but that's the type of penalty uh, that's going to kill you there and it did it did it proved to be detrimental to the team from the 415 barely barely won with Bengals turnovers equals not a championship caliber team well you know what like at this point, do you really care if you're a championship caliber team or not? Like I think if you're the 40 if you're a 49ers fan right now, one, you should come away very encouraged by the fact that they got this win 26 to 23 even though Robbie Gold had the missed field goal to uh, to send it into into OT. There's a, you know, I mean, it could have been 23 to 20 had Robbie Gold just knocked down the field goal and we wouldn't even been talking about what happened in overtime. So you pulled out the win. You got it even though all things were going against you in the second half there. But also when you get to the playoffs, if you do, because it looks like if, if you get the win here, now that they're on to seven and six, you have built yourself a nice little spot, a little cushion in the future here down the stretch. Now it's yeah, I actually believe now that the final game of the season when they are playing against the Rams at SoFi, that there's a possibility you are uh, you are aiming for second place within the NFC West. I think it could go out and could go like that, depending on how tonight goes between the Rams and the Cardinals. But right now, I don't even think you're you should be wondering whether you're a championship caliber team. Can you be that low-seeded team that could play stopper to the quote-unquote good teams within the NFC? Can you be that team that disappoints the opposing fan base because they expected to go far and you just you, you, you got it done? Because Garoppolo, Kittle, Debo, Ayuk, now that he's getting going, when they're all on the field at the same time, good things happen. 
good things happen, but mainly it's George Kittle. I I haven't even talked enough about George Kittle yet. I talked about him a little bit at the beginning of the show, uh, but George Kittle, 13 receptions for his 151 yards. Just an unreal display of athleticism. 332 yards total in his past two games. And that's the key right there. That's the key. If Debo Samuel is going to be your running back, you could get the ball to Ayuk and try to get it to him 11 different times. But if he doesn't come down with it, you also got George Kittle there, who you could target 15 times too. 13 receptions, just unreal. And it felt like every reception had some meaning to it. And those third down catches that he was making, I mean, he was making a ton in overtime, but those ones on third down when he was just clutch. Catches that are super hard to make. Again, I don't know how he made that one in the fourth quarter. The one where he had to stretch the entire length of his body, bend over backwards so that he could somehow catch the ball. Does that happen a lot? Am I just crazy, or does that happen a lot with Jimmy Garoppolo and his passes, where Debo and where it feels like Debo and Kittle have gotten so used to them having to just put their hands back, like that's their that's their hitch right there. That's the one where they're hanging on to it and thinking, all right, if Jimmy Garoppolo's throwing the ball to me, most likely it might be a little high. But it's going to be within the vicinity. I'm going to have to outstretch my arms in order to make the catch. It seems to happen a lot with uh, with Kittle and Ayuk and Debo, whoever it is. There are certain times where it's put in the bread basket, but other times where you got some, you got to make an unbelievable adjustment with your hands in order to catch the ball. It seems like they make that adjustment already when Jimmy Garoppolo's throwing the pass. Uh, but Kyle Shanahan spoke about George Kittle after the game. Here's what he had to say. Kittle was huge. Uh, made some real big plays in that game, especially the way he rebounded back on that last drive. You know, I know that was, that was a big third down in the second half. I didn't get to see it. I know he got by that guy. I was told that maybe he had a hand and it had that one-hander, so he missed that one, and it was just huge coming back to him, the number of big plays he made. I thought he beat um, P.I. on that third down to get us into field goal range that I thought was going to win us the game, and then we obviously didn't make the kick, um, but then just how he was on that last drive was huge. And then here, here's what else he had to say about Kittle's tenacity, his toughness, and just him being able to play. Because there, there, there were certain moments in that game where Kittle got up and it seemed like he was limping a little bit, looked like he was laboring on his right leg. There were a couple of moments in that game, but here's what Shanahan had to say about Kittle playing no matter what. Kittle goes until he can't. So, I mean, you could tell a little bit on that last drive, I think, is when it started acting. I want to say it was the last drive of the fourth quarter, started acting up more. You came out for a couple plays, made it back in for the corner route that he that he caught at the end to get us into field goal range, and then just him on the last drive battling through that, and hopefully he's all right, but um, we'll, we'll see tomorrow. I mean, I've, I've never questioned George Kittle and him playing in a game because of what happened in 2019, at least playing hurt in a game. Because of that game in 2019 against the Packers where he had a bone chip in his ankle, a bone chip. Going into that week, what the hell's a bone chip? How do you play through a bone chip? And then he has that touchdown. There was a sixty-plus yard touchdown to that game against the Packers uh, back in twenty nineteen. So I, I, I never think that Kittle will. I, I just never think Kittle will go out. I always have faith, no matter what happens, even if he doesn't practice throughout the week. I still think that George Kittle would be playing no matter what. No matter what. So, you know, if there is some concern for you, I wouldn't be. 
I wouldn't be. George Kittle is one of the toughest guys in the NFL. And uh, how deadly is it, man, when you can run these guys, when you can motion them in the backfield, when you motion Kyle Juszczyk, and then you, you know, motion him to one side, then you cross George Kittle on the other. I mean, there's so many little things that Shanahan can do. And then it opens things up for players like Ayuk. Ayuk was able to get that last play of the game. He was wide open because everyone is focusing so much on what Kittle's going to do. Oh, is he run blocking? Well, we don't know. We don't know. Is he going to, is he going to run a route right here? I don't know, but we better pay attention to him regardless. There are so many little things. I thought Kyle Shanahan yesterday was calling a bevy of good plays. Again, no one's ever questioned his play design and the type of, um, you know, whenever he's running the football. I mean, I always go back to that touchdown like Debo Samuel early in the game where they're in the shotgun and they bounce Tom Compton out to the outside and somehow George Kittle is blocking Trey Hendrickson. And he it, it's not that he's just blocking him. It's almost that he grabbed him and he's purposefully running him laterally so that he barges into the other defender and he takes two players out of the game and you leave a wide open running lane for Debo Samuel to go in for the touchdown. It's little things like that, but also you could just simplify it. You could just simplify it and say, hey, we got George Kittle, who is bigger, faster, stronger than everybody. Let's just get him the ball. Let's just get him the ball. Let's figure out ways to get him the ball, whether it's on an RPO or just a simple route, simple crossing route. Uh, There are so many ways that you could use this dude. And then, you know, once they get Elijah Mitchell back, the run game can be looking good. But, man... What a close game, 26-23, the 49ers win. And when you look at the standings within the NFC playoff race right now, I mean, it's pretty crazy when you're looking at it. Because you got the Cardinals at 10-2, you got the Packers at 10-3 after getting that win over Chicago last night. You got the Bucks at 10-3 after getting the win over the Bills at the same exact time as the 49ers. You got the Cowboys at 9 and 4 and you got the Rams at 8 and 4 going tonight against the Cardinals. Then your 49ers are the 6th seed at 7 and 6. But that win was so crucial yesterday because you could have been 6 and 7 right there along with Washington, with Minnesota, with Philadelphia, with Atlanta, with the Saints. They're all 6 and 7 right now. All of them, seven through eleven seed in the NFC, they're six and seven, and it could have been the six to eleven seed. The win makes a makes a huge difference. I know there are a lot of mistakes made in that game, but there are a lot of good things to like. And getting all those guys involved and getting Ayuk involved, I thought Ayuk was huge in that game. Um, opening it up just with a simple catch when he motioned in the backfield. And then closing out the game with that touchdown where he managed to score from four yards out even though he had one foot out of bounds and he was essentially airborne four yards out. It's crazy. It was crazy. And then that play early on in the game with Ayuk and him trying to, Kyle Shanahan trying to create this touchdown thrown by a wide receiver. A touchdown pass by a wide receiver is what Kyle Shanahan wants more than anything. Number one, it goes Super Bowl. And number two, 
he wants one of his wide receivers to throw a touchdown. <laughs> like, like, that's where Kyle Shanahan's at. Brandon Ayuk was the victim. Who's going to be the victim this next game that wants to throw, try and throw a touchdown pass? We'll, we'll see coming up. But that win was huge. And yesterday, just a not a great morning slate of games. I mean, you had, who, who'd you have? You had Tennessee and Jacksonville. You know, the Jets and the Saints. Eh. I mean, not a lot of good matchups there. You had Atlanta going up against Carolina. Relatively boring. But then you had the 49ers and the Bengals and the Bucks and the Bills both save it. But I think the 49ers right now, the way that I'm looking at this team, is I'm not expecting a deep playoff run. I'm not expecting that they will be the favorites going into a playoff matchup, no matter who it is. No matter who it is, whether it's the Cardinals, the Packers, the Bucks, or uh, the Cowboys, depending on depending on whichever place they're in. I mean, right now they'd be playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and in no way would they be favored. But I do think that they could play stopper to the dreams of these teams within uh, the top four if they manage to if they're going to keep it within the top five. I mean, I don't think there's any way that the Cardinals end up you know losing out and then somehow giving up their place within the top of the NFC West. So they're going to be somewhere within that top four. I could see the 49ers being in that fifth seed by the end, and I could see them winning that first game in that wild card weekend. I can see that happening with this 49ers team. They've convinced me enough of that because they've got their playmakers on offense. And I haven't even talked about Bosa. <laughs> the end of the show came around. He had one and a half sacks on that game. Could have had more. Was doing it all on third down. I think they could I think they could really do some damage in the playoffs to other uh, hopeful teams here. So, we'll stay tuned for that, but we'll see what Kyle Shanahan has to say today with the players and how they fared in terms of injury, what he liked, what he didn't like, but the morning roast with Bonte Hill and Joe the Butcher Boyshasky, I guarantee they'll be fired up this morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Thanks so much for joining me. It's going to be me behind the glass along with producer John Curley. Hope everyone had a terrific weekend. Get your week started right right here on 957 the game and as always go sports we really need new phones T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month new iPhone 15s it's better over here. only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due $35 per line connection charge applies ctmobile.com baseball is back and so is mlb.tv watch every out of market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices anywhere anytime all season long follow the action live or on demand Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.